Leaf's kind of like a loaded term, I guess. I'll be honest, like a lot of the stories I've read, if I'm taking them at face value, have definitely changed my view on the paranormal for sure. Because there's some people that have just experienced some freaky shit. I'm not an expert. I try to look at things, everything with a degree of skepticism because you have to assume every single one of those are fake until proven otherwise. Because if just one of them is real, then you have to assume all of them are real. And you know, that doesn't really work. Is that much of it? Is that not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 46 features Nick Orton, the pseudonym for the author and the man behind Tales from the Grid Square, an Instagram account that collects stories and experiences of the weird and paranormal within the military. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right, here we are. Good uh, afternoon for me. Good morning for you, Nick. All the way out uh, where I'd rather be right now than Virginia in Hawaii. How are you? Good. Yeah, believe it or not, you know, I I sometimes rather be in Virginia too than Hawaii. <laughs> I uh, I feel you on that. It's like you get you get stationed in uh, in paradise and it's fun, and then you're like, yeah, well, this this isn't always real life. So. Um, I, uh, I feel you on that. When I was in, I was in the Air Force, and I was stationed at RAF Lakenheath in the UK, which obviously is not tropical and it's not Hawaii. But I thought briefly about using the GI Bill over there and staying and doing university, uh, you know, in in England instead of doing college in the, in the US. And uh, ultimately, I was like, you know what, I, I got to get back home. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice being in Hawaii, but you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Virginia and. Uh, my parents live there and you know, just, you know, sometimes like you're in Hawaii and you like, you, you see videos of people post of like back in the South and back in like, you know, other parts of the U S and you're like, ah, I miss that. But you know, living here on the army's dime is not bad at all. And you know, for that, I'm thankful. Yeah, absolutely. So did you grow up out here or just your family just happens to live here now? I just, we just happen to live here now. Uh, I used to, cool. closest was, I used to live in Southern California for a long time. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'm in. We're, I'm in Richmond. We've been here for uh, about a year. It was a year in March, um, and uh, still kind of getting to know the area. So I know that there's folks that have been stationed out this way, different Navy, oh, yes. Air it's Force, and all that stuff. I used or to Navy, Army. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm in Churchill, Richmond, which is obviously right down, basically right down, right down the road. Oh yeah. No, I I, I miss that. I used to live uh, right off Whole Street in Midlothian. All right. Uh, so I could take the highway or just take Whole Street all the way into Richmond. Spent a lot yeah. of time in Scott's Edition. Uh, yep. I, I love Carytown. That's like what yep. was one of my favorite places. That's like my Sunday activity was I would get the wife and we would go into Carytown and have breakfast and coffee. Oh, uh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Colonial small world. Yeah, love that area. Miss it. Yeah, it's super cool. We love it. We're on, uh, which now I guess everybody who listens to this podcast is going to know right exactly where I live. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, no, we're right up there. So yeah, right, kind of right off of 64, get up to Midlothian pretty easily. And, and yeah, Carytown's great. And um, Scott's edition is great. Churchill's cool. And yeah, it's, it's a it's a great city. We're, we're super excited. We we, uh, we moved here from New York City, which gave us a little bit of, um, you know, reprieve from the, the congestion of, of New York City, but still kind of gave us some of these urban things that, you know, yeah. that are cool, you know, that, that kind of industrial 
you know, breweries and distilleries and good food, good cocktails, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Miss that area. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, listen, I'm sitting here. I've got the, I've got volume one in paperback tales from the grid square. Um, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that a good amount of listeners to this podcast already follow you, but for those that don't, can you give us, um, just a bit of a primer on, on your account and on this business that you're building. And, um, obviously we'll, we'll chat a little bit about volume two. Uh, I've seen some teasers and things here and there. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about that towards the end, but can, can you just talk us through, you know, kind of just tell us what the, the, uh, the Instagram account is right now, kind of what the, what the, the business is right now. And then we can kind of get into how you got it started uh, a little bit after that. Yeah, no problem. So, um, so as you know, like basically I, um, I, so I run Tales from the Grid Square, so that's uh, online, like Instagram, uh, just because, you know, I, I kind of chose Instagram right now because that's, like, the easiest to use, like, Facebook is, I, I had an Instagram, I was very familiar with it, very active on it on my personal account, and so it's just too easy to kind of, like, create a page on there, um, and it's better to, like, interact with people and, like, get the, get what I need, uh, like, the story sent to me, uh, but basically, yeah, so I have Tales from the Grid Square is a page where I basically get anonymous stories people anonymously send me their accounts of the paranormal while they were in the military uh so you know however you want to define paranormal so it's like everything from like ghost stories to ufos to like you know sightings of sasquatch like all sorts of crazy stuff everything and i try to keep it like you know either if it's like a mundane story like it's like something so simple but to like i'll still like post it so you can like you know get it out there and, you know, maybe someone saw the same thing you did, or maybe someone could explain, like, I think I had this one kind of funny instance where two Marines said that they saw, like, some creature in the woods. Then another Marine came back when I posted it and said, that was me in a ghillie suit. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool, I thought. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, so, like, but some of the stories in there are definitely not easily explainable at all. Uh, in my opinion, some of them are actually quite bonkers. Uh, <laughs> like... If you uh, follow the page, like, you, you know, like, there's some stories that's just, like, kind of, like, you know, they, they sound insane, you know. And I I personally think they're true uh, when people send them to me because there's nothing for anyone to gain because I don't put anyone's name on it. There's there's no way to gain, like, clout or, you know, uh, like, to reap something from it. Uh, it's all done anonymously for that point. Um, and so, yeah, that's, like, the basic of the page is, you know, I collect the stories either from email or from people DM me their stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so a couple threads I want to pull on there that 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 are that are interesting. One is kind of like the the, the guy, and I can't remember if I had heard you talk about that before. It may have been on on Blurry Creatures where you had talked about the, um, the the guy in the ghillie suit. But it kind of you have this like built in, um, uh, you know, for the skeptics out there, right? You have like you have this kind of built in. You know, these stories can go one of one of two ways, right? Either either these are true or somebody's gonna be like, hey, hey man, you're out you're out in the field. You're you think you're seeing things because you are seeing things because that was me. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an interesting um an interesting um organic way for you to to kind of honor that that there are skeptics out there. Um and there are instances where you think you're experiencing something that you might not actually be experiencing. Um and how how on the on the note of of believing the the folks that that you hear from uh, versus not believing them versus curating just kind of curating their stories or maybe through the lens of just curating the stories like how do you approach how do you approach uh, the truth of, of this and like 
removing yourself and your personal belief of it from from the situation because I know that you don't you pretty much you take the stories at face value and you you post them. Um, is it, where's the kind of the left and the right for you in terms of like, well, I'm not going to post that one or, you know, I'm just going to post everything that, that I receive. Like, how do you handle that kind of skepticism and, 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 and just the, just the, the, the anonymous curation of this? Is that, is that a clear question? Yeah, yeah that, a little bit? that makes sense. I mean, like, so a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll read the story and, you know, if, if it's kind of has like that obvious answer, like I'll go with like Occam's razor. So like, you know. Uh, somebody sent me a video of a UFO they they sent in. You know, the video of the UFO looked suspiciously like, you know, a Black Hawk flying through the sky. Yeah, right, um, right. Like, or like uh, stories that have like kind of very mun- mundane also explanations. Like, you know, I saw, so it's like, if, if like soldiers in boot camp say something that sounds like, you know, it could easily have been another soldier. Like, you know, I'll say that. Or... You know, or, or then it's like, like as you said, I kind of like have now not, I built this organic like vetting thing when it comes to like coincidences too. So like you know, if a, not say a soldier in boot camp says that he saw like red eyes staring at him from you know the end of the bay, but I have like four or five other stories of people that have said the exact same thing. So either they are coordinating together to like create a story, a fake story, which I find hard to believe. Or somebody's creating like multiple accounts, which is a lot of effort for like, to create a fake story, I guess. But I mean, like the natural process of like, hey, I seeing the trends and different locations of different stories, like that, that kind of like helps filter it out. Other times, like you know, I'm I'm pretty well versed in like internet culture. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 30 years old. I've I've been you know dived into the internet probably way too early than I did. But you know, I was on Reddit, uh, like uh, 4chan's X, like a long time. So like. I'm familiar with like the creepy pastas and stuff like that. So like when somebody somebody will try to send me a story, that's like a thinly veiled creepy pasta. Like I um, somebody sent me a Slenderman story one time, and I'm like, well, I I don't know how to break this to you, but Slenderman is entirely fictional. Like this is mm-hmm. not true. Like it's right. literally created. It's literally like was created by a guy. Or um, like you know some people have come to me and tried to express that. I don't know if you're familiar with like the SCP thing. I'm not. Yeah, it's like another um internet like meme kind of like so it's like basically like it's like about an organization secure contain protect right and it's like you know it's basically for people to write their own short fiction Mm. in the guise of like the these creatures and anomalies that this organization encounters but like you know when the tiktok age and all that like there's people that try to pass that off as like fact yes like i've I've been following that since it was started like i know it's you know i know it's fake um, yeah, this, like the the Slenderman thing. Obviously, I've, I've, I'm familiar with that. Seen the documentary and, and kind of know all about that. And you know, it, it, it is interesting. I I, um, I I didn't dive like too much into you know into this kind of thing. Um, I'm kind of on the fringe of the fringe of this, right? Like I, I I do enjoy these kinds of stories. I do enjoy this kind of content. I do like to be you know freaked out a little bit, right? I like to be unsettled. I like to kind of um, you know touch touch the mysterious, right? Touch the transcendent you know, in, in, in some of these ways, I used to read, uh, a Reddit thread LNM. Let's, let's not meet. Are you familiar with that? Oh one? yeah. I'm familiar with let's not meet. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I read it for, for years, you know, and like, it was super, super cool. Cause every, you know, sixth or seventh story you'd get to was a really, really freaky one. Um, and then, you know, probably about, I guess, uh, I guess like almost 10 years ago now at this point, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm, I'm 35. So not too much older, but you know, 
pro- probably about a decade ago is is when those stories just stopped being good because they were they were flooded with what were very clearly fake stories uh, and very clearly fictional stories. And the mods just had a really difficult time on that particular subreddit of of keeping it from being that way. And so then I you know I would Google you know best best of LNM or whatever, and you would you would kind of find some of those curations that were good. And I'd kind of go back and read some of the old ones and and um, I get re-freaked out again and it was cool, but I just, that, that was a bummer for me to, for that one to have gone away because some of those, those OG ones were just so good and so scary and, and so um, odd and strange and kind of all that stuff. And then you get the, 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 when it gets inundated with the fictionalized, you're like, oh man, this just isn't the same. Yeah. It was like that. I used to be a no, I used to follow no sleep if you were. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. And no sleep was exactly for that. It was about for people to post stories so you could become, unsettled and just like take a take them at face value like they're true and then it was just obviously flooded with like i distinctly remember like just these stories that were just absolute bullshit not even well written in my opinion right Um, you know not not like some like horror movies that i've that i've other uh, you know what i mean like it's just kind of ridiculous um sure and it kind of like takes away because then people like the new one is chat gp like, oh, my God, I get so many comments. Like, because, you know, people have their – like, when people send me their stories, they type it out on a keyboard or they type it out on their phone and send it to me. So everybody has their own different styles. You know, right. some people's grammar is not the same as, like, my grammar. People, some people don't proofread their stuff as much as, like, you know, like I do, right, or you do. Like, I'll be honest, like, my grammar is kind of shitty when I when I text mm-hmm. and type. Um, but, like, that's, like, the new thing now, too, is, like, people can create, like, chat GP stories – and like just if like some broad topic and the AI writes it for you and it's like all convoluted, right? And then that's like my favorite comment now I see is like, oh, this is written by ChatGP. I'm like, no, it's not. Just people have their own different styles, but it's so hard now because right. people are awful and to wade through kind of like the muck to find the right stories. Yeah. And I I honestly so, just don't have time to vet everything too, which is hard. Some, sure. some stuff I'll vet. Like if I get a story from a guy that claims like he was in like the special operations like units, like uh, I'll kind of reach out to some of those guys that I know to be like, hey, does this guy sound like a story? Does this sound <laughs> yeah. legit? Yeah, that's funny, right? It's like we have we have uh, in the military a little bit more. We have more uh, more more respect for uh, or we want to make sure that we're staying away from stolen valor more than we want to make sure that we're we're um, staying away from a uh, you know a fake paranormal paranormal story right like those are the kind of the lenses through which we we look through that um, which is I think just an interesting aspect of, of kind of you know our, our subculture um, so from a from a I'm curious from a as a like how do you view yourself like what do you view yourself as what do you view the the accounts as? Um, like, do you view yourself as somebody who's like a curator of stories? Do you view, view yourself as somebody who's trying to get these kinds of paranormal stories out there? Like, how did this get started? Where did your interest come from? Like, how, how do you view yourself and the account and, and what you're doing? Yeah, so I, yeah, that's actually a good question. You know, I've never given that much thought. Uh, so I'll be honest, and like, I'm just a regular guy. Like, I started this for, you know, the lulls, the funds, um, and it kind of just like took off. You know, I, I, I still remember when I had like 2000 followers and somebody pointed it out to me yesterday that I have like 90 K and I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. how did that happen? Um, but like going back, like, so like I've always had like an interest in the paranormal, um, you know, like I, I, I love, I just, I used to love that stuff as a kid. I used to have so many books about like UFOs and 
monsters and legends. I had like the you remember Weird US? Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to have one for every state I've ever lived in, which is oh, cool. like you know like seven or eight, and I uh, I would I would like leaf through it constantly those books as a kid. You know I uh, I like to tell people I I read Communion when I was a kid, which I'm, I'm not <laughs> if you're familiar with that. What is that? It's like this. It's basically this book written about this man's like um, abduction story, alien abduction story, and there's a lot of like mature okay. themes in it, and like themes that I didn't understand at like fucking ten years old, thirteen years old. What how old? I, well, I was young when I read it, but I was like, sure. oh look, there's an alien on the cover. I want, I want this book, right. um, you know, because that's I just had that interest in that stuff. So fast forward, I'm in the military. You know, I still have this interest. You know, I'll, I like to look up those spooky stories and kind of go down the rabbit hole on that stuff and on legends and cryptids. I enjoy like looking in like local areas, like what are the local legends? Um, and um, so I, I, I don't know. What was your branch of service? I forgot to ask. Oh, I was in the air force. Yeah. So yeah, duh. You just say that. <laughs> um, so, you know, un, you know, fortunately for you, you don't have to go to Fort Polk, Louisiana, uh, <laughs> but I did for uh, a JRTC rotation. Um, so I, I went out there and I basically had kind of like a, a weird experience. And, and I'll be honest, like my weird experience was like, you know, not nothing to, you know, brag about. It wasn't anything like crazy. It was just really kind of weird. And like, un, like there, it was a slightly unsettling because it had happened to other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those people was somebody that I knew who was actually in the same locations I was. And he was in a different unit, but he was in um, the same area I was, right? And like just like maybe like a couple miles difference, and like he had the same experiences as me. And at one time, we basically I put it on a map, and while I occurred my experience, he had the same experience the same night, and it was we were literally like a mile apart. Um, and his stuff was even more extreme. Like saw saw things that you know when you when he described it, you know, it sounds a lot like you know he saw Bigfoot or something like that. Um, and other people saw it too. So it basically kind of like got me thinking and I started like digging and asking around um, <clears throat> and basically finding out, you know, like Fort, Fort Polk has this kind of like urban legend slash like colloquial understanding that there's this like phenomena that happens in the box, which like the box is like the training area of Fort Polk. Like Fort, everybody just accepts that Fort Polk is a weird base hmm. and weird stuff happens on Fort Polk. Um so like and it's it goes into like this legend of like they call it the box witch and it's either like you know depending on who you talk to like one singular thing that happens or just a term for all the collective weirdness that happens in the box so basically learning that i wasn't alone in knowing that weird stuff happens out there um and like talking to the my friend knowing that also there's weird stuff that he experienced as well so basically like one night after you know like like any good story after a couple drinks I had this idea, like, what if I, like, document, like, these weird paranormal stories? Because I've heard other ones from people in the military. You know, like, you know, inevitably when you're, like, in the field or late on duty or, like, you know, bored out of your mind and there's, like, the higher-ups are gone, eventually, you know, people start talking about weird stuff, right? Yeah. And sometimes those weird things are like, yo, you wouldn't believe what I just saw. Um, and, you know, like, you know, I, I've, I've been there too like and i've also had like weird experiences like I'll, I'll never forget when i was on staff duty and like i watched like four or five like literal shadow people walk across the entrance across mm. the street like and i was there with my the sergeant first class on duty and we looked at each other and we're like did you just see that <laughs> and he was <laughs> like yeah i don't know what that was so 
you know, after a couple drinks one night, I just had this idea, like, what if I started collecting these stories anonymously or, like, trying to talk about, like, weird experiences, like, like, like strange things that the mili- people in the military have encountered. Um, and not just, like, you know, the U.S. military, but also, like, you know, foreign military. It's, like, one of my first posts ever was, you know, this supposed picture of this Belgian Air Force officer. Uh, when he was flying over the Congo, he took a picture of this, like, gigantic snake. And if you look at, like, the perspective of where it's on the ground, it looks like the snake is pretty freaking huge. Um, and, you know, I just trying to like, like document those weird experiences and stuff like that, that people have had. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's slowly like, you know, started building up. I was posting stuff here and there trying to post more like, you know, informational graphics. And then I went on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles with Wes Germer and like, it just blew up from there. Like the word got out. Like I started getting a lot more military members flooding in with stories. Um, and it comes and goes. Like now that it's it's grown, I've gone on the Confessionals podcast, several podcasts, because uh, like you know I'm hoping that people like maybe that people that follow you that will hear this podcast have also had like weird stuff encountered, sure. maybe encountered or you know experienced or maybe heard secondhand and they can share with me. Um, you know, like I think I have like you know almost 400 stories I haven't even posted yet. Um, like I got I got enough to post like a story a year if I want, <laughs> a story a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. So a couple questions then. Um, so you've kind of always been interested in this stuff, uh, since you were a kid, have you always believed in this stuff since you were a kid? Uh, I mean, belief's kind of like a loaded term, I guess. Sure. Um, I mean like you have to apply like some level of skepticism cause like, you know, there's just some legends out there that are just too ridiculous to be true. Like, uh, there's one that I love that's I think like somewhere in Ohio or Indiana, but it's literally like a, it was, people saw a giant whale slipping down a mountainside, and it's like the, something slider. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. Like there's no, sure. there's no way in hell that you know there's a a, a whale sized creature sliding around, you know, the American backcountry. Right. You know, so like yeah, you have to apply like some level of um, you know, uh, with skepticism. Yeah. Because also, like, from just me lurking in different paranormal communities, you know, there's a term that I like uh, called blob squatch, right? And it's just like, you know, like, look, I saw Sasquatch, and it's like this picture of, like, this very, like, like maybe it's probably, like, a camera artifact or, like, a blur incurred from, like, low quality. But, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's exactly, like, irrefutable proof right there or... Uh, one of my favorites, somebody, this is something I picked up from following, like being lurking on these groups is like, you know, anytime you see red circles and red arrows, like it's, it's usually like somebody is misidentifying something. And I, right. I found that to be, be true. Right. And, you know, there are people that tell stories to get clout. And then there's also people that, you know, like, I, I don't know, like so some of these people are so into the subject that. You, you take that away from them, like, hey, I don't think that story is necessarily true, or maybe you saw something else, and they get, like, irate, yeah. you know, defensive, and it's almost like, you know, you're taking away the love of their life. It's, uh, you know, there's there's people that just make it their whole personality that kind of, like, gatekeep. and For sure. Uh, and then just kind of, like, I, I guess, what's the word? Like, we were talking with, like, the Reddit and people creating fake stories. They kind of just, you know, poison the water, if you will, of what people believe. So, like, I approach things with like a level of skepticism. Um, I'll be honest, like a lot of the stories I've read, like, you know, if I'm taking them at face value, have definitely changed my view on the paranormal mm-hmm. for sure. 
because there's like there's some people that have like just experienced some freaky shit. Um, and but but like going back to like the skepticism part is you know I'm not an expert or anything like that, but you know I try to look at things with everything with a degree of skepticism because you know somebody pointed pointed this out to me once like I'm a big Bigfoot believer, right? You know. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of evidence to point to the fact that, like, something is there, right? Whether it's a great ape or, like, something spiritual or, you know, you know something like that. There, there's so much historical record from just, like, the First Nations alone, let alone people's, like, you know, sightings, let alone people's, like, you know, recorded evidence. Yeah, I mean, every everybody can't be lying. Yeah, but on the flip side, it's like, think of all the Bigfoot cast, the, the cast of Bigfoot. Of, footprints from bigfoot right like as as somebody pointed to me and I, I think they're right you have to like you have to assume every single one of those are fake right until proven otherwise because if if one of them is even if you if just one of them is real right then you have to assume all of them are real and you know that doesn't really work hmm. yeah i mean i i, I could I'd probably fall somewhere in between on that i actually i'm not trying to like pin, pin you down on on specifics no, yeah. I'm just, more more than anything just like interested in in the deg- and you answered the question right like the the, the degree of, of skepticism that you're bringing to to, to this subject matter right because it would be very different if if you were posting these as somebody who was a skeptic and you're like i don't believe these stories so i'm kind of posting them as fiction you don't do that right but you're also not like well i believe every single detail of every single story and all these people are 100 telling the truth there's no room for for any sort of relative subjective experience there you're kind of somewhere in between so i was just curious more than anything and i i think you you, you answered it it's 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 a um it's it's kind of an interesting spot that 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 you're in because and I, and i think you know just from my perspective it seems like you approach it um you know the, the, the right way on that stuff because there is you know you had this idea you you had an experience you confirmed that some other folks had that experience then you had this idea to well, like, let me, let me start to compile some of these stories and see what happens. And then you go on podcasts and then you get hit up by all these people in the military who have these experiences, you know, uh, across branches, across MOSs and AFSCs and ratings, across, um, you know, uh, even, you know, different across continents, like across, you know, different militaries, different military bases, all these things. So you, you've obviously struck a nerve within the community where there's enough people that have had these experiences and enough people that are interested in consuming content about those experiences. Um, and, and it's not like, you know, any other community of people that it's not random, you know what I mean? It's like the military and people in the military have consistent experiences along these lines and whether they're embellished, whether they're, you know, subjective, whether they're whatever, it kind of all falls somewhere in between. Yeah. There's some weird shit going on in some of these places. Yeah, and you know, like, like the other aspect to that too is like what I try to do is there's a lot of like on the civilian side, you know, people don't understand like you know or not fully aware I should say of like how things run in the military and like trying to bridge that gap of you know, you know, like the like the big one I try to like dispel is like there's this massive cover up happening of all this like stuff right because you know you hear a story you read a story and it's like you know i told my squad leader and he's like don't ever talk about this again <laughs> right? Right, right and like most people will take that as like there's a cover up or like you know like i got told to sign an nda on a mission well like yeah, he probably probably would have or something like that you know like but I, I try to like you know tell people a lot of the times it's not even like that like the fact that people don't talk about this is not even like that um 
malignant as you would think at all. In fact, it's actually like really boring answers. And, you know, it's either because they saw something and had a more important task to focus on. Um, you know, I posted a story about a guy who claims he saw a literal giant in Afghanistan come out of a cave. And he's sitting there behind a gun, like watching this thing. And it goes back in the cave. And, you know, it's like that was the experience. But he was like, well, you know, like I didn't tell my guys because here we are in the middle of Afghanistan. You know, I tell them there's a giant. They're all going to be focused on like, oh, dude, there's a giant in the hills and not the fact that the Taliban attack was going to attack us like an hour later, you know, which happened. Um, yep. Or like, you know, they they say something to their squad leader and it goes up the chain of command as somebody as somebody pointed out to me. And it's just like brilliant. I didn't even think about this until uh, somebody pointed out to me, you know, you're my soldier. You tell me. Right. I push it up. I tell my squad leader, my squad leader, maybe will tell my my platoon sergeant. Right. It just like something happens in all this weirdness and it gets lost up the chain of the command. Yeah. Like maybe at, at whispers at best or just hilariously. I also can see like, yo, I sir, I saw Bigfoot. Hey, shut the fuck up. You did not. Right. Like, no, right. We're not talking about this right now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Not, You're talking about. I'm not going to write to the boss on how Bigfoot stole your MREs. No, not doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, especially because, you know, he, he left uh, he left all the, the same ones that we all dislike, you know, but but it's like uh, <laughs> you're, you're you're talking about uh, you're talking about like, you know, hu- human beings within within a chain of commands. So there's varying there's going to be varying degrees of competency. There's going to be varying degrees of skepticism and belief. There's going to be varying degrees of responsibility and interest. There's going to be a varying degrees of of. Um, you know, infinite things because humans are humans. Right. And so especially, you know, the people like oh, think the military is so conspiratorial or that the, the federal government is so conspiratorial. And are there aspects of that? Absolutely. But we're also talking about a bunch of people and a bunch of humans that are making, you know, a chain of decisions uh, that uh, it's, it's one big giant game of, of telephone. And so when it comes to, you know, conspiracies in the military and in the federal government, it's, it's, it's less like a, you know, a cabal of cloaked individuals that are, you know, uh, making decisions for everybody more like Jurassic Park, right? Just like shit gets out of control. Like you just, you know, you, 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 you try to clone a dinosaur so people can come, you know, look at it. Uh, and then it just gets out of control because it's, that's what happens, you know? And so, it, 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 it's it's uh yeah it's just i don't know it's an interesting thing like the, the whole the whole conspiracy thing in the military and, and in the government it's a whole rabbit trail that, that we can certainly go down and and people who do want to hear that should go listen to you chat to, to our friends at blurry creatures and confessionals and all that stuff i'm actually a little bit more interested in um the the small business creation and the entrepreneurial aspect of of this um and and so i want to ask you some questions about about how you and I've actually been kind of just scrolling through the the feed to kind of like look back uh, to try to get back to the beginning and, and look at some things. How did you come up with your aesthetic? How did you come up with your approach? How did you come up with the graphics? Like, do you do all the graphic design yourself? Do you outsource any of that stuff? Like, how did you how did you start um, to craft what you wanted this um, account to look like? You know, kind of creatively and effectively as well because you use you use carousels really well to, to tell the stories and break up the copy in ways that make it compelling to keep reading through. Like how much of that did you think about when you first started? How much of that do you think about now? And then what's, what, how did you kind of bridge the gap from, you know, 2000 followers to, to 90,000 followers? Yeah. You know, honestly, like I wish I could tell you I had a plan and like this was all by design, but to be honest, like I set out with a goal of just starting a page and you know, then 
you know, the book kind of came around, the page going on podcasts like came around. Uh, it turned into more of like a hobby and into of like a side project. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, originally, like as it started picking up traction, people asked, you know, like, hey, like you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. You know, well, I, currently, like po- podcasts are kind of hard for me um, right now just because, you know, it would uh, I, I, the current job I'm in is very demanding. Um, I really don't have time to work on this stuff except for like late at night. Um, and late at night for me is everybody is like asleep over there. So, you know, it's like the timing is just not right right now. Um, but, you know, I, for me, it was just a page to have fun and do, do fun stuff on. Um, and I guess where I guess it started turning into like an entrepreneurial thing uh, was, you know, yeah, I, I dabbled with like selling stickers here and there, you know, for because people like stickers and I, I like stickers, too. Um, uh, what it really was, I spoke with I connected with uh, Nick Ladlaw who runs Battles mm-hmm. and Beers and uh, was the author of the series, What the War Did for Us, What the War Did to Us. Um, and I uh, connected with him when he had just released or was about to release his first book. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, you know, I have all these stories on this page, but, you know, if the page got deleted today, right, like where would they all go? They would all be gone, right? Um or they would be like, you know, in my notes folder on my phone. So I was like, you know, I should put those also in a book um, and just like kind of like create a, you know, like kind of cultivate a collection of stories that kind of paints that broad picture of like the military experience as well. And that's where it kind of like started off. And like Nick was awesome. Like he really coached me through the whole thing and mentored me of creating the book. Um, and if you see our two books, it, the parallels are very similar of like how we formatted it. Um because I just I read what the word the first volume of what the word did to us and I was like this is awesome like how he had separated by like time period all the way up until from like you know uh, World War One all the way up until like you know uh, the current era post GWAT and you know after the GWAT right um, and I was like I, that is awesome like and you know like for him same thing too like you know like those stories are now on paper right and like every single po- it could get deleted off of Amazon and it could get deleted off of wherever else books it's sold. But like, as long as it's on the bookshelf, like those stories are there and those stories are documented. Um, so I looked at it like that. And so that that's how I, I kind of got the ball rolling. And so I put together a volume um, and I released it May of last year. And that's like the volume one right now. And uh, I think it was well received. I think people like it. Uh, you know, I know like nowadays people don't read as much on, on the printed form, but uh, I'm still a sucker for print. So I, I think like, you know, hey, if this gets you to, you know, read a printed book, like, hey, everyone wins here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, from there, it's just kind of like turned into, I guess, more of us. I dare. I, I don't I don't like calling a side business because I don't really I, I guess you could call it a side business because I have to pay taxes on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like it, it definitely like it turned into something I didn't expect. Uh, and so now like here I am. Uh, it also, you know, kind of ignited like a I used to like writing like you know I was very I would like have a little notebook and like write whatever poetry and stuff like that um you know and I connected with people that you know I, I like uh William Boyard I think he was on your your show Buck oh yeah I love Buck yeah like I uh he messaged me out of the blue one day um well he messaged me from his magazine Dirtbag Magazine uh, and I didn't connect the dots until later until he sent me the email that, you know, that was what his book is one of my favorite books. 
right? And so, like, me now connecting with these people, like, you know, honestly, it's really just getting mentorship from, you know, people who d- did things that I, I am passionate about. Like, you know, he's he's an incredible writer, like, and, you know, sending him, like, bouncing stuff off of him and getting his feedback and mentorship, like, kind of, like, that ignited, like, you know, hey, I used to love writing. Like, I should, it kind of, like, fell off once I joined the military because, you know, the military just becomes your life in the first couple of years uh, if you're not careful. And so, like, that also kind of, like, reunited it. So, like, I'm currently working on some, like, you know, non-Tales from the Grid Square related stuff now, too, uh, that I hope to eventually put out. So, like, I-, I wouldn't call myself a writer. I would definitely call myself, like, an amateur at this point. Um, but, you know, at least putting the books to the stories together for Tales from the Grid Square is, like, the main project right now. So, like, I have volume two is um, pending, hopefully, in May. Fingers crossed. I am... Uh, I ordered the – I'm just waiting on the author's copy to come here so I can look through it, what it's going to look like, and make sure it looks good. And then I'm going to hit publish on it, and volume two a year later is going to be out. That, that's awesome. I mean, so we are, we are – uh, we're recording this a day away from, from May. This is going to go live, uh, I think, you're the first episode of June. So um, hopefully by the time folks are listening to this – it is uh, available uh, for purchase, and we'll link we'll link your website. We'll link everything that out in the show notes and um, and all that good stuff. So we'll make sure that uh, we can help drive some traffic uh, draft traffic that way. So a couple of things that I think are cool um, that that you mentioned, and and some of this is is uh, relevant to, to our community um, in the military, and obviously we have a lot of mutual friends. And then and then there's obviously th- this idea of social media at large in culture and society today, right? So. I've had people ask me like, Hey, do you, you know, do you do TikTok or why don't you do TikTok or do you do this platform or do you do this platform? It's like Instagram is this place where our community and, and kind of maybe it sounds like, seems like our corner of the community, shared corner of the community. This is where we, this is where we congregate. This is where we sh- share stories. This is where we share photos and videos and copy and, and poetry and stories and fiction and nonfiction. And there's group chats. There's all these different things that we have going on. And so Something you mentioned at the at the beginning of that was talking about connecting with 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 Nick on Instagram and getting an idea of how you could publish something from something that he was doing, and um, how how intentional were you up front at the beginning of this process of creating this account and and getting some of these things, whether it's selling stickers and T-shirts or a book or books about connecting you know, authentically and organically through the platform and how much of it just kind of happened that way. You know, honestly, it just kind of happened that way. You know, I, um, e- even though there's now this like entrepreneurial aspect to the page of like, you know, like I'm providing a product, uh, when I first started, it was just to me to honestly just have fun. Um, so like if, if you follow my page, you'll see like, I'm not exactly serious. You know, I am. Uh, I'll post some funny memes that I find. Uh, you know, I'll I'll throw some stuff in the story that is not related to the paranormal at all that I think is hilarious. But like, you know, like maybe maybe veterans will understand. Um, you know, I, I try to like. That's just who I am as a person. I'm not very like serious. Um, I'm I'm kind of more like laid back. I like to think like a little jovial. But uh, you know, I also just wanted it to be like a place like to interact with people. Um, or people feel comfortable to interact with me, uh, as well. You know, if I'm just like, give me a story so I can, you know, post this, you know, people, people are not going to be as receptive, um, to that too. And like, you know, yeah, I get, I, I get some, probably some negative, 
I don't get as many negative uh, interactions online as I thought I would, especially with now, shoot, and 90K followers. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, you know, there's people that send me stuff. And, like, now, now people are sending me, like, things that I've never even knew about. Like, oh, this is really – thanks for sending me. This is really cool. Like, I'm going to look into this. And so it's just kind of, like, now it's feeding into, like, my love of, uh, you know, my interest in the paranormal and, like, all the we- – everything that's weird in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was going to ask how much how much negativity you receive, uh, and so it's good to hear that it's not much because um, obviously I, I enjoy I enjoy all aspects of the content, right? Like I enjoy I enjoy the lulls and the memes uh, as well as the stories themselves. Um, and uh, but I would imagine you get some, whether it's skeptics or whether it's just haters, whether it's just people coming to to, to shit post and, and talk shit. Um, I'd imagine you get some of that, but I'm glad it's not a lot. Yeah, you know, and I, I welcome the skepticism in the comments, but like, you know, have a freaking, have like a legit argument if you're gonna be like a skeptic in the arguments. Just so, just don't be like fake, or like this was written by ChatGP. Like, okay, come on, that's that's too easy. Like, if you're gonna pick it apart, pick it apart a little better for me yeah, in the comments. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I, I I'll block a lot of people that are just being like outwardly negative, or just you know being, in my opinion, just like toxic in the comments. Um. You know, uh, I've I've I have, I rarely have people come into my DMs about like I, a couple of times some people do, but they're honestly like not coherent. I also will ratio people making dumb comments all the time. I don't know if you're familiar sure. with that term. Mm-hmm. I'll just literally go and like, you know, it's it's like for those of you people that don't know, if like somebody makes a comment and then somebody replies to that comment and receives more likes on Twitter, that's that's known as like a ratio. If like somebody retweets something. And they get more likes than you, you know, so I'll mess with people in the comments if they want to be like, you know, a-holes. But uh, for the most part, I, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good environment. Um, most of the interactions like with people posting stories are with me. And I told I always tell them, like, if you post a story and you're like, you're not comfortable with like sharing it. Don't look at the comments. Just be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Like, ne- like, oh, like, it's just like, look, Lord, forgive me. I posted a controversial story and I looked into the comments. Right. Yeah, you gotta know what you're, what you're getting yourself into here. If you're gonna if you're gonna submit something uh, for somebody to put it on the internet who has ninety thousand followers, um, yeah, let's just uh, let's just go ahead and know what, know what we're doing there. Um, that makes sense. Do you do you do all of your own graphic design? No, actually, I um I wish I was that good of an artist as some of the the art I showcase on the page, uh, but sadly I'm not. Uh, the so like some of the people I use um like uh, are pretty prominent online too. So like my cover was um was created by the Instagram account uh, SREC or Herb Asherman. Uh, connected with him early in the page from Sasquatch Chronicles. And, you know, he's a really great artist. Like, I suggest I have a couple – I posted a couple stuff. I post his stuff on my story, and I support him. He's, he's a really good artist. He's divine, designed both my last book covers, which I just love because they, they have, like, this, like, awesome, like, campy Tales from the Crypt vibe to them. Um, mm-hmm. Ram, Supply Clo- Ram Supply Company is another one that uh, I, I pay for a lot of art. Um, I like his designs and his like kind of like styles and their, their styles, you know, uh, my brother was uh, kind of like a, you know, a burgeoning artist too. So he designed like the first sticker I ever used, uh, that I put on there and there's others too. Like I'm definitely, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for artists and you know, if you got, if we're interested, I like to work it out and you know, I, I like to pay people for, you know, providing. So that way I can say like, Hey, I paid you for to design this. You know, some people have donated art to me. And I always like try to like, hey, can I at least give you like fifty or a hundred dollars, um, you know, like as as a tip to 
to say I bought this from you because I know it does require a substantial amount of work to design something. Or maybe not for yeah. some people. I don't know. I'm not an artist. Sure. So what's your process for, what's your process for, you know, kind of uh, approving that and looking at that and saying, and briefing them, right? Like, Hey, I want these stickers. Uh, I want these kind of t-shirts. I want the, the, the cover to look like this. Like what's your, what's your approach for that on, on that side of things? Yeah. You know, usually because Instagram is very conducive to like um, conversation, like I, I have those conversations with those, those people a lot. So a lot of times that they, they start out as like, Hey, I want these designs to be like, you know, start out as multi really to be multi-purpose so like i want to use them as stickers if i want to put them on a t-shirt um yeah for me and uh for the the guy that designed my covers like it's kind of turning like hey you're my like you know i like your style and i want you to like design the covers for the volumes um you know uh, but i still want to like still have them so i can put them into stickers which now it's like so easy like if you want to create a design you could come up with something in like five minutes and you know, have it ordered and put together on sticker mule and they come out like really well. Sure. Um, it's actually surprisingly easy. Uh, it's, it's the hard part is just, you know, kind of like describing to the artist, like what you want to, what you, what you're looking for. So a lot of the times, like, I don't even, even really know. So I'm like, surprise me. Like, uh, I don't know, do something mm -hmm. like with a skinwalker. Other times, like I'll kind of direct it. Like I, I made this, I had this like weird beaver idea um, to go and find like flags from American history and kind of like put a spin, like a, a paranormal spin on them. So I like, you know, the, the appeal to truth flag, uh, yeah. I, or no, the appeal to reason flag. I basically like spun yeah. that as like appeal to truth. And I have like Sasquatch, like we're walking in front of the tree. Um, yeah. or I found this, this flag called the Bedford flag. Um, and I put like, I told the, the, the ramp supply company to like, Hey, put like a skinwalker spin in there. Like, you know, and it came out and I, I, I replaced the the Latin phrase from the Bedford Bedford flag with my own phrase, and it came out really cool. Like that's probably going to be my next, uh, you know, uh, my next patch that I'm going to make. But like you know, I, I've worked with other artists like uh, Platoon Daddy, that that mm -hmm. Instagram page. He designed my my current logo, which I love. Um, you know, I also try to like you know support like some of the some of the veteran artists. I'm a sucker for for art too. So you know, if nothing less, it's cool for me to look at. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're also you're getting at this other just this awesome thing about about Instagram and, and, and our community is that, you know, we, we find each other. We're able to support each other. We're able to help each other. We're able to collaborate and do cool things, make cool things and get cool things out there, um, you know, in a way that that that, uh, you know, is collaborative and drives traffic towards each other's pages, um, you know, and whether that's somebody who's who's running a full fledged business. Uh, or whether that's somebody who's, you know, I, I know you say you hesitate to call it a side business. So somewhere between, you know, somewhere between a hobby and a side business for you, um, you know, and podcasts or whatever it might be. Um, I, I love, I love this little corner of the community because we, that's how we, that's how we operate. Um, and, and we help each other in, in ways that are, that are, that are meaningful. Yeah, no, it's just, and it's just really great too. Like you said, like, um, I found that the veteran community, especially with other platforms that kind of like like they're not exactly like we're, we we're, it's not exactly like what each of us do but are often our material kind of like crosses into each other's territories um like i'm i'm incredibly lucky that like nick ladlaw took his time to to like mentor me kind of like coach me through like setting stuff up like he he is such a bigger page than me such a bigger project another uh, another good example is i connected with wartime stories and uh you know like wartime stories is a huge um you know youtube channel 
and you know, but honestly, his material is is kind of like his premise of his show is very similar to Tales from the Grid Square, except for like you know, instead of recording it to like this really cool kind of like building the atmosphere of the story on YouTube, you know, I just have mine in the printed form on Instagram, you know. But you know, we found that our circle of people we talk to, the triangle that we live our lives involves a lot of people. We're connected in a lot of different ways. So, you know, like we, now we collaborate with each other, um, you know, and it helps, it helps both of us out. So like building that teamwork out too, like, you know, uh, and then like stuff from stuff for me, like, you know, I was so lucky to connect with, um, with Buck and Dirtbag Magazine. And, you know, I've written for that, both the last two issues, um, you know, and I, I, for me that for selfish reasons, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like I was thoroughly happy to be a part of that project or to be, to still be a part of that project. So there's some paranormal activity going on here because that was going to be my next question before we finished up with, with volume two. So I want to hear about your writing. I want to hear about things before we get into what's next about uh, with tales from the grid squared volume two and, and, and what you have on the horizon after that, I want to hear about what, what are you, what's, what are you writing um what's what's your genre what's your style what's your approach what are you learning like you say you're not a writer but you're putting pen to paper and you're publishing so you're a writer like what are you doing I yeah you know yeah so i guess right right now uh i've written a couple articles actually um about kind of like the paranormal uh so i've written articles that uh have appeared in, like i said dirtbag magazine i've written for the havoc journal um i read a it was divided into a three-part series for havoc journal enemies unknown um, and it was about like paranormal experiences in Afghanistan. Uh, I've written for the Lethal Minds Journal uh, that they were probably, I think, one of the they might have been the first one I wrote for. No, that was Pop Smoke. Pop Smoke Media was the first one to approach me to like write an article on the subject. Um, and, you know, the, the articles are fun because like I can kind of I can put a story in there and kind of like elaborate on stuff uh, with like in Dirtbag Magazine. I wrote more about like personal experiences um, like, you know, I, I wrote about uh there's a there's a haunted house in my family that's kind of like mm. a conversation piece that everyone in my family talks about. Um, so that was b- between me, my brother, and all my family members. We've all had experiences. So that was the first article I wrote for for Dirtbag. The second one is I you know I wrote about a UFO I saw at sea. Um, and both of those are like different styles. One of those you know the first one is more of like me retelling like my family story, and then. The second one is me putting like a spin on it. Like if you're not familiar, like with like the term sea story, you know, like leaving, mm-hmm. leaving a little bit, leaving some things up to interpretation. Um, as for like other, you know, I've written some poetry too. Uh, Cause like I said, like this all kind of reignited this like love for me to do like, which was like cathartic for me. Um, and, you know, all the stressors in life, but uh, you know, I've, I've written some poetry and I, I've put it also in the lethal minds journal and in the Havoc Journal as well, um, I've written for American Greek, American Grit, which was like, you know, a lot of times it was a simple story, but it was still like something I put together. Like, hey, I think these stories would really be like re- what your readers would really like. It's like me more like cultivating like material for them. Um, I uh, what else? Like, so cur- I mean, currently, like I'm, I'm working on trying to between my brother and I, because uh, my brother is also, in my opinion, a good writer as well. Uh, to come up with like a little poetry anthology between the two of us. And now that I figured out how to like self publish on Amazon, which for the listeners, if you've never self published on Amazon, it's actually like very simple. Uh, the hard part is just marketing. It's all, you know, Amazon leaves that up to you to market and sell your book. They just handle everything else. Yep. Uh, yep. but yeah, so working on something between my brother and I, I just, I think that would be really cool. Uh, 
you know, that, you know, my brother and I were able to collaborate on a project and then, um, currently working on like a kind of like a short fiction anthology, like trying my hand at, uh, writing short fiction. Um, and, um, eventually that's what I'm going to focus on in this next, this next time for the next couple months, once the book is published is kind of focus on like, you know, I, I, I'm reaching out to people to get kind of some coaching because like I have no prior writing experience and like, I'll be honest with this, the, I've written five so far. And all of them were written within a period of like a night or two. Like I just get this idea in my head and I start going. So like obviously I, I'm missing that refinement and that finesse that like is really needed for people to enjoy a story. So like you know going back and like hey like what do you like I reached out to uh, Douglas Hoover, um, who's you know he's he's written two books and he's about to release his third, and he giving me feedback of like hey how how should I build this or talking to you know, uh, like Buck about like, Hey, like, you know, like, how should I, like, how, what would you do? Like, how should I, how should I approach this? And like building up, like, how do, how do I build a short story? Cause I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, you know, and, and like you said, this community has allowed me to reach out and like connect with these people who can, you know, everybody just wants to see each other succeed, which I've been like my interaction. That's been my interaction online. Um, I don't know if other people can speak on that. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be a consistent experience, kind of within this pocket, within this pocket of our community, which is which is incredible. Um, definitely talk to Buck because obviously he's a he's a master storyteller, oh, um, and and he has a he has a master plan, kind of a a, a ha 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 plan uh, <laughs> that he talked about on on uh, on this podcast, and maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll repost that reel uh, to my story before this. This episode goes live uh, in June because um, he talked about his his kind of master plan and what he thinks the education of a fiction writer should be, or just a writer in general should be. And it's, it's kind of an interesting, an interesting uh, perspective. But yeah, I don't know if you follow the Dead Reckoning Collective. Any of those guys, Keith and Tyler, are obviously incredible poets, um, and there's some great other fiction writers. Obviously, Buck has been published uh, by them. It's going to get published again um, and again. I think by them a couple more times, uh, and then Jessica Danger there their director of, of training and education, um, not a veteran, but, but a, um, uh, uh, an incredible writer and, and editor and coach and, uh, and teacher, um, and works really closely within, within the dead reckoning collective community and, and, and kind of this pocket of the, of the military community, um, uh, at large, um, uh, all great resources, happy to connect you offline as well, uh, to anybody that, that you want, um, on, on that front. Cause I, you know, I have a fiction writing background. I got a screenwriting degree in college oh, wow. and, um, after the military and I, I love writing. Um, I'm working on some like personal essay memoir style stuff and then always trying to work on, on fiction as well, whether it's through, you know, screenplays or, or more short stories as well. So totally down to jam with you, um, anytime offline about all that stuff, uh, as well. Uh, no, absolutely, I love it absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's in the future of Tales from the Great Square is so vague for me. Uh, I, I'm still going to do the books because I, I like, the, I like the books. Um, you know, uh, it's probably self-published a military one. I'm working. I, I'm collecting stories for like a non-military kind of focused one, mm. uh, just because that and maybe like pitch that to like a big boy publisher uh, to put in stores. Uh, if not, just you know, I have the the audience on you know Instagram to to market it to. Um, but you know, like kind of expanding into that, uh, which you know just requires me sitting in front of a computer and proofreading people's words. Uh, yeah, man. Which, you know. It's hard, like, I can't use Grammarly so much for Tales from the Grid Square because it kind of, like, erases the story, the, uh, the, the, the voice of, like, people that yeah. are in the military. Because people in the military have, like, a particular way of talking, um, yep. 
you know, especially when it's written. So it's like, I want to preserve that. But, you know, in the future, it's like I have all these stories and I kind of realized I, I did like a, a very minor consulting job for a Canadian company that was um, doing like a, uh, a paranormal military show. Uh, and I think it was, I believe it was called uh, Mission Unknown mm-hmm. uh, or Mission mm-hmm. Unexplained. And okay. I, uh, I basically was like, I cultivated several stories and pitched it to them. And kind of like coach them out like, oh, hey, this is like how like the military kind of goes this is how it works this is what he means when he says this. And, it, you know, got me thinking like, you know, there's all these stories like the materials there. Like some of these make pretty crazy uh, short stories. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like some, yeah. some, some of these yeah. make crazy movies of you yeah. know, 10 slides on Instagram you could expand upon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting um interesting thing to think about with these, with these other podcasts that you've been on, whether it's, you know, blurry creatures or the confessionals or, um, or even just like your stories that, or the stories that you receive rather. It's like, there's almost like kind of a, it can kind of feel like a content farm almost, you know what I mean? Where you're like, Oh, cool. Like you can kind of read through until you get an idea off of something that you read. And then you're like, cool. Like, let me take that and run with it. Um, like I actually, I actually just directed a short film uh, that I, that I made with, um, a producer and a screenwriter that I met through Blurry Creatures, and he wrote the screenplay. Um, it's kind of like based on one one of the ideas of, of one of the things that we had experienced through that community. And we went and like made this film. And at the end, we're like, like, well, this is kind of this is kind of weird. Like we met through a podcast. You know what I mean? Like you and I met through Instagram. Like it's just it's just wild. Um, and there's just lots of cool branching opportunities from there. Oh yeah, that that's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll, 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 it's, it's not like it's probably not anything I would post just because it's on, on this account, just because it's different, you know, different uh, genres. But I can I can certainly send it your way when, when we're when we're all done. Oh, um, cool. So uh, finishing up here, where, where can where can folks find you? Obviously, Tales from the Grid Square on Instagram um, and we'll link everything out in the show notes and, and all that. What where where do you want to drive drive folks to? Yeah. So if you want to, like, come check out the page. Um... You know, you guys can find me on Instagram, uh, Tales from the Grid Square um, on Instagram. So that's uh, T-A-L-E-S underscore F-R-O-M underscore T-H-E underscore G-R-I-D-S-Q-U-A-R-E. Tales from the Grid Square on Instagram. Um, as for the book, you can find the book on Amazon. And that's uh, Tales from the Grid Square Volume 1 by Nick Orton. Um, that's available on Amazon as well. Or you could just email me. If you have a story you just want to connect or talk to, uh, my DMs are always open, but my email is Tales from the Grid Square, all one word, at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, the second book is also going to get released on Amazon as well. So uh, if, it, it's going to be better than the uh, the first one, in my opinion. It has uh, 250 stories this time instead of 240. And um, about 20 of those, a good a good 20 of those have not been posted on the page that I've, like, I've set aside because, like, oh, these are good. I want to I want to save these. Uh, and there's pictures. There's a couple pictures if you like that. They're black and white. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you do color, that kind of drives up the price, and I refuse to have yeah, to yeah. Pay, pay over thirty bucks for a book. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So we'll link all that stuff out. Um, really excited for volume two. Uh, and uh, like I said, hopefully, hopefully we will have. Um, uh, this will be live after after your your desired published date. So uh, we'll be able to drive. Um, uh, a link in the show notes for the Amazon link as well. And um, listen, man, as you continue to, to drop 
more content and more volumes and, and start to do more stuff. Let's, let's definitely obviously stay connected to keep the friendship going, but let's, um, let's have you back on here again to, to chat, chat more. Cause I feel like, uh, I feel like we've got, got more ground to cover. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to come back on. I appreciate it. Awesome, brother. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you. 